0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the podcast that gives you too much information about the Mandalorian's weird refusal to never take off his helmet. Is it the way to eat lunch alone in a bathroom stall where no one could see your face? <laughs> I hope so, because uh, that's how we did it. Right, Joven? We got Joven back this week. It is what we did. In
1: fact, <laughs> even my short stint as a homeschool kid, I wound up <laughs> eating my lunch in the bathroom because it was my safe space.
0: <laughs> hey, there's something about It just feels like, ah, no one will disturb. Me in here or judge how I eat my food <laughs> with my fingers. I don't believe in forks, because we're medieval times boys. Pudding cup, no spoon for me, good sir. Oh go, go, go. I will chug this Mott's applesauce. Thank you. <laughs> well, Joven, we're talking Star Wars this week, and we know Star Wars is in your DNA. We had to get you on to talk about this with you us. You know,
1: being here on New Rock Stars, I've talked a lot of Marvel, a little bit of DC, <laughs> and not enough Star Wars. So it's good not to enough. flex those those mind muscles now.
0: You'll get a chance to flex your muscles of your mind this week because our big question is why do some Mandalorians like Din Djarin on the Mandalorian always wear his helmet religiously while other Mandalorians from the Star Wars animated series that we've seen don't really care about that kind of thing what's the deal with the helmet we've been asking this question a lot and let's dive deep into it and see what it means for the next season of The Mandalorian.
1: I think the first thing that we have to do is immediately write off the fact that this was on accident or a plot hole, because I know in the sequel trilogies, there's a lot of times where, you know, maybe there wasn't a lot of forethought as they're going into some of the story, but because The Mandalorian had Dave Filoni as an EP on it, who was also the creator of Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars, along with George Lucas on that, he was on both projects we have to assume that no, this was not on an accident and not a plot hole.
0: Right. It's the same people working on both. This is one of the rare examples in, in the Star Wars universe where like there, there's no interlopers who are changing the story or anything. Fabro very much defers to Filoni's vision and understanding of what is Star Wars canon.
1: When you look at Star Wars Rebels, which has a lot of uh, Mandalore characters in it. Um, and then obviously years later is The Mandalorian that it takes place after episode six. One might imagine that in Star Star wars rebels where you have characters from mandalore who don't have their masks on maybe there's something that happens in between star wars rebels and the mandalorian tv show and we hear in the mandalorian them talking about the great purge uh, quite a mm-hmm. few times not a lot is known about that particular event but maybe after the the great purge or because of the great purge this is where they wound up having this mandate that masks stay on it was their COVID 19 pandemic <laughs> empire came in and they're like guys if you're going to go outside masks on
0: and just to be clear what we know about this great purge uh, Moff Gideon called it the, the night of a thousand tears it's not the same thing as the siege of Mandalore It's a that was a different event there's been a bunch of sieges over the years but <laughs> Mandalore has not been a great place to <laughs> right no not at all like, uh, a lot of people are conflating it mistakenly with the uh, the siege that we saw in the final season of the Clone Wars right like that was a Republic siege when Maul had taken over the planet this is seasons. another event that has not been depicted on screen which anywhere yet. It's I would new.
1: imagine we're going to see a lot more of in yeah. season two, which only time can tell the whole creed of like, this is the way that did come from the purge. Right. However, when we talk about maybe there's something that happened from the events of Rebels to Mandalorian that maybe something happened and that's why they have their masks on, we have to also see the flashbacks there for Mando himself that when he was a child during the Clone Wars, because we see the Super Battle Droids, when he was younger during the Clone Wars, he wasn't wearing a mask then because he he says specifically that he hasn't been seen without his mask since childhood. So that kind of rules out the idea that it was something that happened during the Great Purge because, you know... He was already wearing a mask at that time.
0: So you're saying that it it had to do something before the Great Purge. It must have been during his training as a foundling. This particular group of Mandalorians that he was with made that a thing that just lived on.
1: Yes, I think with the information that has been put out there for us, I think it's pretty safe to assume that it wasn't just something that wound up occurring after the fact that Mm. uh, upon him joining is like, This is the way. So we've got a lot of information out there. Let's look at some of the stuff that we do know. Uh, as we stated before, you have characters like Sabine Wren who are Mandalorian, but they do not always wear their helmets. In Star Wars Rebels, we see characters without their masks all the time. Now, Mando only removes his helmet when he is alone, which is, you know, how he eats. I don't think he's, like, taking, like, sandwich pieces and, like, putting them up and under <laughs> his helmet to try to eat.
0: <laughs> Smearing so much on his chin, he's like, oh, I got a little taste of it this time. Yes.
1: We do know that they're kind of hardcore about taking off the mask, because if they yeah. do take their masks off in front of someone they are not allowed to ever put it back on that's so right. the stakes are pretty high for them mm-hmm. i think one of the questions that i'm looking forward to be answered the most in Season 2 is with Boba Fett showing up. Yeah. Like, Jango Fett didn't always have his mask on, but Boba no. Fett did always have his mask on. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we're going to see him without his mask in Season 2, and I think this is where we're going to find out precisely why he's allowed to take his mask off, whether he's not actually uh, Mandalorian, and he's just like, ah, oh, do what I want to do, or if there actually is some lore that we're missing.
0: Yeah, you know what's interesting is, like, um, we know that Boba Fett is a, is a clone of Jango Fett, um, and there seems to be some kind of appropriation, which is a bit Big thing with the Mandalorian people. They hate it when other people are showing up wearing their armor and it's like their designs are specific to them and this particular clan of Mandalorian seems really extreme about it but it is interesting, you gotta think as a story, thematically, the people at Lucasfilm definitely were taking that idea of Boba Fett always under the mask and that appeal and applied it to the Mandalorian as a character even, it it may be something that is canonically linked or maybe just something that's thematically linked but either way it's a parallel that is gonna probably be explored.
1: And again and looking at how serious the mandalorians are about not taking off their masks even when petro Pascal's character is dying of a head wound right. he tells uh, ig Eleven like i can't take it off like in front of any living creature of course we hear that and we know what poop hole loophole loopholes coming up he's at ig 11's like dude i'm not a living thing so take off <laughs> your helmet so i can not kill you here right now uh, or not let you die essentially is it we get how fundamentally serious that they are about not removing their armor even when we see like a spark of a love story he's like nope helmet stays on lady so i also would like to mention that i it kind of is implied that that the helmets do stay on even during sex (laughs) he could have had his little romance subplot there at the end just you know no face stuff little guy gets a helmet big guy gets a helmet.
0: I think it's an excuse on his part so he doesn't have to perform anything oral. It's a cheap (laughs) loophole. That's a hole loophole if Uh, I've ever heard of one.
1: (laughs) He's the DJ Khaled of the Star Wars universe. But on a more serious note, uh, like I was saying, there there are some real world implications that we can kind of uh, pull from where I think that Filoni and Favreau kind of pulled inspiration from. And I think the strongest being is that we have uh, a lot of different religious practices here on our earth uh, where you know there are garments that are worn whether in public or always worn or just worn during prayers for example muslim women wearing the the hijab jewish men are wearing uh kippahs and and like it's it's a way of life for them it's what they're supposed to do it's part of their religion and you know it's it's unwavering it's unquestioned it's just what you do so i think it's very clear to see that the mandalorians have some kind of whether it's a religion for them or not it comes from like a religious Background for the inspiration yes. of it.
0: Yeah, it's a ritual. I don't know if there's any kind of um, ecclesiastic uh, connection to it, where they be- it's some kind of cosmic uh, reason why they do it, based off of their who they yeah. what they worship, who they worship. But it is definitely a ritual.
1: I think even in non-canon Star Wars lore, I don't know if we've actually seen or heard of any Mandalorian um, deities or what gods they worship. Obviously, there's the Mythosaur, right? That's where the Sybil comes from. But I I don't necessarily think that they saw that as like a god. It was just like, that's the biggest thing we can hunt. So yeah,
0: they're they're more of a uh, a warrior class. Uh, Like they seem more Spartan uh, inspired rather than anything else.
1: Do you think they have abs like Dwight Butler did in uh, 300?
0: Hey, we can find out because it's just facial coverings. Yeah, There's, they, they only have the, about the, torso. the helmet. So let's
1: see that Mando six pack. There's just a little window two. for the, for the <laughs> six pack, just to show. Um, it's like the power girl outfit, but just like five <laughs> inches lower now at the same time that it only kind of explains why they have Mm. to put it on not necessarily why it's so horrible for them to take it off and i think that's where we really get into the meat and potatoes of of the mandalorian lore and why they cannot take off the mask is because of the reasons why it's bad for them. Like you were saying, it's more like, you know, like uh, Spartans. And and mm. I think that, yes, when you're looking at the design of the Mandalorian lore, the Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, I think that you have to look at a religious aspect, but you also have to look at military and like the warrior creed behind it all. And that's very different from, from like a background in religion. But at the same time, there's just some things that are so fundamentally true that even as like a warrior, like you are, whether it's, it's brainwashed into your mind or just like, this is our code. We stick to it, which is obviously we see a lot of that in the show. Now the way of the Mandalorian is not necessarily a religion. They don't describe it as a religion in the show. But a creed. He calls it the creed. That's what we hold. We all say it online all the time. Every chance we get, like, this is the way. Uh So they have, like, their common values. And this is where you really see a lot of, like, what makes the Mandalorian a Mandalorian. When you look at like real life um, places where they can pull from, uh, obviously knights have a very strong code of conduct. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of the the Star Wars universe is built on samurai inspiration. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense that Favreau and Filoni, who've worked with George Lucas very closely on this, would also pull from samurai origins and With the samurai, they had their code, they stuck to their code, it was their life or death. If they did something wrong, well, it was death. And in that case, we see the drastic nature of the Samurai Code versus the drastic nature of the Mandalorian Code, where it's like, you take this yeah. off, you're not putting it back on. Your life has no meaning now after you take that mask.
0: And he, definitely the Samurai origins might be something that a lot of people say got lost from the Star Wars universe as it went on. And it was uh, absolutely there, the origins of the Jedi Knights, even the, the word Jedi has, has uh, origins in, in Japanese folklore. But specifically, what people loved about the Mandalorian when it came out is it felt like uh, Wolf and Cub right like it felt like these kind of these uh, samurai tales yeah it was so refreshing it feels like a restoration in a lot of ways and
1: when you also look at like you've got the code of samurai and the code of the Mandalorian but let's also look at like the mentality behind it Uh, I think we can kind of pull from uh, game of thrones to describe this you have the unsullied mm-hmm. where mm. um you have like these these behaviors and the rules that you're supposed to follow and it it really enforces an anti individualist way of of being so it makes it easier to maybe control your warriors or just see yourself as one of many and yeah. your life in the battle doesn't necessarily matter just that your team wins a very strong connection there
0: and for a lot of uh, people in these uh, in military culture in extremist religious cultures uh, that have these kind of rituals that they maintain it's it's not just about like restriction and discipline it's about like preserving something that is core to your identity and the identity of your people you know that otherwise mm-hmm. if you just water down it'll get lost to as everything just gets lost in history that certain traditions are valuable uh, to, to hold Hold on to Just because it It links us To our past Right
1: And and speaking of which Man I hope they tap Into this next part In a big way In season two But we understand That they have found links So you Mm -hmm. find these Um I guess normally younger individuals so that they can bring into their Mandalorian army. And in order to kind of take away their individual identity, you put them in masks so that they can learn that it from where you're from doesn't really matter. Uh, but like this yeah. is the group that you're with. I think that there's a, a lot of backgrounds in brainwashing of you know militant groups. but also in the Star Wars universe, Look at the Jedi. They're always pulling these younglings in, and yeah. you know you're not allowed to like miss your your parents. Your
0: thoughts dwell on your mother.
1: No shit. It's all about you're a Jedi now. This is your way of life. This is your way of living. So it's already something that's pretty common in the Star Wars universe. And man, when you say those words out loud, you just reminded man the Jedi. Maybe not the good guys. Maybe not. Depending on how true like this idea is that you know foundlings you get your helmet to lose your identity to become a mandalorian does that mean in season two, we're gonna get the most adorable version <laughs> of the child where he has to be wearing a helmet. A tiny little helmet and little Because armor. he's partnered up now officially with the Mando, so
0: <laughs> I'm dressed like dad. I'm a little Darth Vader. He just wears a Darth Vader mask. We're like, no, 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 no,
1: but no, 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 no. <laughs> but my question, uh, eric is do you think for the conversations like baby yoda uh with his mask is it like just like do his ears like have little slots (laughs) that they hang out
0: i hope so yeah is it like a front
1: and back mask (laughs) that like just kind of like comes on like darth Vader's mask (laughs) ears are also have that Baskar coat. Oh,
0: <laughs> Baskar ear molds. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be insane. You gotta
1: protect the ears, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or tuck them, you fold them back a little bit.
1: <laughs> it just ties them like a little top bun. Hey, yeah, because uh, the kids who have the one.
0: pokey ears, when they play baseball, you gotta wear your batter's helmet. They don't let mm-hmm. your ears stick out. You mm-hmm. just gotta, you gotta tuck them in or surgically take them in a little bit. That's, you know, just a little little nip, a little tuck. You're good to go.
1: Here's my call to action to the uh, the new Rockstars fan base. I know some of you have some artistic ability. Uh, I. Need to, I would love to see the fan art of the child, yes. but with the mask on. So uh, please send that. Right now, we've been focusing a lot on like the history or the lore that's there for these characters on why they have to wear the masks. I think that there's also some really strong practical reasons just for warfare mm. that make sense for them to wear their masks at all times. Yeah, you had a whole group of Mandalorians that were like hiding underground, but we heard lines of dialogue in that first episode where it's like, mm haven't seen your kind. It's pretty rare to see your kind. And then, like, three scenes later, we're like, what are you talking about? They're all down there right now.
0: (laughs) They're very sneaky. Very sneaky. Very sneaky. I am very, very sneaky, sir.
1: But I think by having to wear a mask at all times, it's their way of masking their numbers. Uh, Tusken Raiders walking in a straight line to mask their numbers. Mandalorians wearing masks because if there's only one out at a time and you never see their face, you don't know, like, all right, which You know, there's only one of them walking around. Whether you see like, all right, there's this guy and here's Bob and then Steve's over there. It's like, all right, apparently there's more than one guy. Yeah, you'd
0: have to mark them. Be like, all right, I've seen this one. Is that the same tree? We just passed by that same (laughs) Mandalorian. Two hours ago.
1: And that's why in episode three of The Mandalorian, their ambush was so effective because yeah, no yeah. one knew how many there were in their strong numbers. Now, unfortunately, once they came out, that's like, okay, got to find a new place to live because they now know here there's way too many of us. But I, I think by having everyone wear their helmets, it's just almost impossible for people to guess how many were out there or even just out in the universe. Outside of, you know, maybe some some armor designs or color
0: var- uh, variants, It could just be the same guy with a lot of different armor. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) He's always changing. Yeah, it also uh, makes you wonder, I bet a lot of people don't know that they have that creed. Because that farmer woman asked him about it, and she didn't know. So you have to assume most people don't know that they're never allowed to take off their helmets.
1: Which do you think has, like, more clout in the universe? The Jedi or the Mandalorians? Because, like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe that the Jedi even existed. Uh, We see, like, in just episode four, just 18 years after the last prequel movie, like, Not everyone in the galaxy believes in Jedi or thinks that they're a real thing.
0: Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all-powerful force controlling everything. Yeah, it's, it's it is one crazy thing that the Star Wars universe has never truly justified, in my opinion. This idea that, like, communication is so shitty in the Star Wars universe. They don't have a simple internet that they can just, like, look up information. Their their dissemination of news is very spotty. Yeah, they've so, got like...
1: light swords and 1970s technology, <laughs> yeah. but uh, not enough to pick up a phone.
0: If an entire cult that had uh, influence over the, the Senate was suddenly accused of being the conspiracy, Who are trying to stage a coup. Uh, A couple years later, they can be wiped off the face of the universe and no one would even know they ever existed.
1: Like, I don't care how wide the infinite galaxy is. (laughs) When someone blows up a planet, I I think you kind of believe like the reasoning behind it and, and like who some of the characters were. And yeah, an entire Galactic Senate had, like, you know, the Jedi behind them. Now they're a myth. Do we think that the Mandalorian legend? Is has a stronger history throughout the galaxy.
0: That's a good point. I would say yeah, in the broader history, I mean, we've been focused, laser focused on the Skywalker saga and the history mm-hmm. of the Jedi, but that uh, was really happening. I mean, of course the Jedi are ancient, but there's really like a small cult that is pretty exclusive and pretty like closeted. I would say they're diplomats, but they're also knights. If you compare that to the English Knights of the Round Table, right? Like it's a small group, as opposed to Mandalore. It's an entire planet that has like these Spartans. So it's like the difference between the Knights Templar and the Spartans. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. History buffs know both. And, and, but. and
1: before Episode One, like Jedi again aren't supposed to be like warriors. They're they they're keepers of the peace. And let let's right. be real. A- war hero story goes a lot further than, you know, uh, Protector of Peace. So a Mandalorian warrior, like hell yeah i heard about jango fett that guy kills like a bunch of people like i I think that story just goes around like from spaceport to spaceport a lot more effectively than a jedi
0: i think the reason this question comes up so much is a lot of the people who are into the mandalorian are people who watch clone wars and uh, star wars rebels and in their minds that is the new lore the new canon lore of the mandalorian history and anything outside of that just doesn't exist so what I think people don't appreciate is the fact that The Mandalorian is adding, it is retconning certain specific things about this gap period Mm -hmm. that we just didn't have any information about. We assumed no history happened, but they're saying there is a whole other history with this one particular group of Mandalorians. It looks like they might have been Death Watch associated, but we also know Death Watch members did not uh, worry about keeping their helmets on or off. But like, whatever this particular group is, the way they raised Mando was very, very strict about it. And that is one of the few groups that survived whatever that great purge was we suppose and that might be why they survived the great right yeah i i think it's very
1: safe to not necessarily assume but just like based on the information that's given to us like i think it's more fact that these these characters in this group in this creed is just like this separate sect. It's their own religious group. So like the Death Watch was like a a separate group with their own ideologies and their own rules and their own ways. I think that the ruling of keeping your mask on as a Mandalorian is really just for this group of Mandalorian, not knowing, we don't know how big this group is. Like, they're just, you know, they're the real warriors of, of
0: Mandalorian, the old school warriors. They're what's left. They're what has, they're what has survived. I mean, it seems like um, bringing in characters like Bo-Katan and uh, Sabine Wren in season two, hopefully will shed some light. Because they are Mandalorian characters or, you know, characters linked to that Mandalorian history who didn't have a problem keeping their helmets off. I I, I think that conversation is going to be happening in these episodes. As you were pointing out with the religious and military connections from our real world, we we kind of instinctively get this. I think general audiences who don't really know Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars, they watch that and they kind of get it. They're like, yeah, I mean I I know there's like military, you know rituals that they're pretty strict about and I don't think they really question it. It's really only people who saw Clone yeah. Wars and Rebels who were confused by this.
1: And uh, you know the moment <laughs> Juan Carlos Esposito took out his Darksaber and then The internet went. Oh my god! (laughs) God. (laughs) But every like casual fan of Star Wars was like, "What is that? Why? Why am I supposed to care about this?" that's
0: how you do good stories. Yeah, see a Jedi, yeah. And then now the nerds are important and now we have something that we can actually explain. I see your value now.
1: That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs)
0: But like any great reveal, it brings up more questions and answers because the last time we saw that Darksaber, it was in the hands of Bo-Katan. We assumed that was like the end of that chapter and that she would carry on the Mandalorian legacy for for eons to come. And uh, I guess not, you know? And I'm sure these things are all linked. I'm sure it's connected to the Great Purge. We've got some flashbacks coming up oh, yeah. baby. oh yes all right we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode a big question starting with our friends at hero health contractor no i will not bow to any sponsor It is hard to remember to take medication. My mind is already filled with useless information about, you know, Don Cheadle War Machine memes. Boom, you looking for this? Or Mandalorian (laughs) history, as we've seen in this episode. I don't have the space up there to worry about the schedule of when exactly I need to take medications and things like that. Well, Hero is your medicine cabinet reinvented. The Hero Pill Dispenser sorts all daily medications and delivers them all with the push of a button. Like, if medication isn't taken, the Hero app will send a notification to you or a family member, a caregiver, So a dose is never missed hero makes it simple and easy to make sure you or your loved ones stay on track and you get the right meds at the right time. Every time your hero membership includes the app, the pill dispenser and 24/7 support for just a dollar a day. Hero even has an optional service that delivers medication directly to your door. Never miss a dose again and always have peace of mind with hero right now. If you go to hero health, Dot com slash big question, you'll get fifty percent off the initiation fee and a thirty day risk free trial with money back guaranteed. That is herohealth.com com slash big question to start your membership with fifty percent off and a thirty day free trial. Don't forget that's herohealth.com com slash big question. We also want to thank our friends at Hello Fresh for sponsoring this episode. Maybe I'm wrong on this one, but for me, the beast doesn't include selling out. So HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking. Their recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. They cut out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can just enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. You can save 40% by using HelloFresh versus shopping at your local grocery store. I really like how convenient HelloFresh meals are. Like on a day when I'm really busy writing and shooting videos, it's just really nice to have a home-cooked meal that I can make myself without having to think about what ingredients I'll need. And yes, I'm always a big fan with some balsamic fig sirloin. It's one of the recipes. It's good. It's got all the flavor palette that you need. I need it! Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need. Keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order because some weeks your appetite is more Jabba than Yoda. Let's be honest. <laughs> HelloFresh offers more delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut and try new things. There's something for everyone, including low calorie, vegetarian, and kid friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high quality, pre portioned ingredients so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. Here's what you gotta do. Just go to hellofresh.com slash bigquestion8080 and use the code bigquestion80 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit hellofresh.com for more details. Okay. We are now going to move on to some bite-sized questions that I'm going to answer. Chauvin's got them for me.
1: Uh, Yes, we got some bite-sized questions. And the first one's coming from the New Rockstars Discord. We have civilian that asks, how much webbing can Sam Raimi Spider-Man use before Peter needs to refill? So specifically the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, because, you know, he had it right there in the wrist. Yeah,
0: he had the organic uh, web shooters. Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? Because, like, in the comics, and pretty much every other version of Spider-Man that's not Sam Raimi, it comes out of, app like, machine apparatuses Mm -hmm. that he built. Yep,
1: even the amazing Spider-Man, we see him, like, kind of playing with the tech behind it. So if he does need to refill it, how does he refill it? What do you have to do by eating, resting, (laughs) drinking?
0: It's hard to know because really nowhere during the actual runtime or anywhere in the scripts of the Sam Raimi films is the actual biology of the wrist web shooters explained other than there was that one subplot in Spider-Man 2 where he like loses his webbing when he's, you know, getting beaten down and he has all these mental stresses so it's kind of linked to that but
1: Life life is tough and
0: I can't shoot anymore? Well, we were able to find this one insert in the official handbook of the marvel universe spider-man back in black released in march 2007 obviously in in uh joining the 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 third spider-man film with mcguire there was this one section that talked about peter's abilities and it says and i quote peter can produce silk from glands within his forearms limited by his body's health and nutrition these organic webs have many similar properties to the artificial webbing though they require a week to decay rather than decomposing within two hours which I think is such a bizarre statement because it acknowledges that the version in the Sam Raimi movies is wrong. Because is It's tough. wrong, yeah. WRONG! And it says that it has to decay over the course of a week. The whole point is that the webbing dissolves within two hours, enough time for the cops to catch up to the webbed up criminals. If it takes a week, all over New York City, you just have this <laughs> gross sticky
1: goo that's everywhere. <laughs> Could you imagine you had uh, in Homecoming, Donald Glover's character is like holding on to like his, <laughs> his trunk for an entire week. Like, just <laughs> can someone week. bring
0: me a burger or something? Why did I have to park and on the bucket. lowest level? This. Hi,
1: Mr. One week later. Why what taking so
0: long? But anyway, in the, in the Toby verse, this would uh, suggest that Peter does need to like stay in shape eat healthy, get a good night's rest in order to continue to produce organic webbing at the rate he does. That corresponds to what we saw in Spider-Man 2. He wasn't sleeping well, he he wasn't eating well. When you have uh, mental stresses, you're not taking care of yourself.
1: And there's like some uh, real body comparisons that are affected by, you know, nutrition and even the way you think. So, you know, if other liquids in your body can't perform uh, correctly based if you're not feeling it in your head, then, you know, the webbing is probably just the same.
0: You're going somewhere gross with this, Joven. I can feel it. You know, it is the
1: human body, and it is natural, and it's
0: there we shall find our answers. But we still feel shame over it at the end of the day. (laughs) So much shame. That's the best answer I got for you, civilian.
1: All right. Uh, And also, coming from our Discord, we've got uh, Unpantalo... Ooh, I'm saying that wrong. I believe it is uh, Unpantaloon on Discord asks, uh, who can produce the most amount of heat with their powers in the Marvel Universe? So who is... The hottest
0: character. Well, the hottest mm-hmm. character, obviously, Agent Bill Coulson, but that's a separate version of hot. <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. Well, okay, so I broke it down to our top three because there's a lot of um, uh, fire starters, there's Sunspot, there's Human Torch, there's, there's, there's all, all, a bunch of people who have similar powers. So Human Torch, Johnny Storm, clocks in at number three. Extremely hot, he can create the Nova-level burst of a million degrees Fahrenheit, but that's a burst, and when he bursts like that, his powers are kind Kind of extinguished temporarily he's got to recharge so he just comes in at number three much like spider-man's glands much like his glands joven joven it's, it's getting gross the number two hottest character is nova frankie ray who is similar to the human torch uh, but as the herald to galactus she's infused with his cosmic energies allowing her to use that stellar fire more consistently but the number one hottest character in the marvel universe is our man, Ghost Rider. He is by far the hottest because it's uh, incalculable. He is made of hellfire. It's almost infinitely hot. He's got the move, the penance stare that can incinerate and mutilate his enemies' souls. And if your heat is metaphysically hot, <laughs> my friend, you are the hottest character.
1: Uh, so what burns at a higher temperature? Uh, adamantium or a human soul?
0: <laughs> that's a, it's, mm, that's, I mean, the human soul... It depends on how good your soul is. Like, my human soul probably has a very low... Uh, uh, it to, it's, uh, brittle. it's not really a
1: question for the big question. It, it, it's, it's more like a question for the podcast. The deep question. The, the, the deep, deep the real
0: one. question. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of us have souls that are bitter and are you know, kindling that the Grim Reaper is just waiting to throw in the bonfire. Some people's souls uh, are so hard to burn, they just float right up to heaven, and, and that's them. And if you're Ghost Rider, your piss burns, so... Oh yeah, it burns all the time. And <laughs> not because of... Ah,
1: never mind. We won't <laughs> go that
0: way. Well, uh, we have time for one final box scraps question. Scraps. And staying on the theme of why the Mandalorians and The Mandalorian have to wear their helmet all the time, <laughs> our question this week is what is a fashion faux pas you once tried to pull off, thinking it was a good idea, but was actually a huge mistake.
1: Oh, oh, I'm so glad that I don't have a picture to accompany this answer, but The Matrix Reloaded (laughs) uh, came out about the same time I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, walking through that hot topic, I 100% (laughs) spent $80 on a shiny Matrix trench coat, and I wore it
0: unironically. No, I mean the the Matrix made it kind of hard to walk around high school with the trench coat because that's they were thinking you know the Columbine guys were kind of yeah it
1: it it, the the comparison there was bad. Also, unfortunately, (laughs) when I was younger, it's not as bad now. But uh, when I was younger, I actually suffered from photophobia, which is does not mean I'm afraid of light; it's an intolerance to light. So whether it was if it was really bright outside or if it was really bright in a classroom, I couldn't see some colors on a whiteboard, so I had to wear sunglasses not only like all the time. But, and why I thought I could <laughs> do that with a trench coat? Bad ideas. Bad ideas. It is the cringiest moment in
0: my life. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I went through um, uh, kind of a growth spurt when I got my first job. Because I, I my first job was working as a, like a page where I was working part-time on studio lots, escorting audiences. And then I got a job as a PA on a talk show which had craft service. Which, Ooh. once you become full-time, craft service is a lifestyle. Saver. That's where you, you stock up on all your meals during the day, and I gained what um, PAs who got full time jobs on this show called the Full Time Fifteen, uh, yep. and I <laughs> uh, I gained about fifteen pounds just because I would get a cup full of those Kirkland chocolate covered almonds and I would take them home and munch on them all all night. Uh, yeah, oh, I got I can taste that memory. Oh, right there. oh yeah, oh it's a great one. Um, but yeah, so I gained a bit of weight and I hadn't bought like new T shirts. I had this one T shirt that just suddenly. Did not fit me right, and I, you know, I, I needed like kind of more support. I needed a vizier. And as I was on my way out the door to uh, an improv show uh, that I was doing, I am like, "Oh, this is the only sh- clean shirt I have right now." So <laughs> I'm just. I went through my laundry. I'm like, "I'm gonna wear this tank top underneath it." So like, it kind of like, like it's a spanx, a spank top <laughs>
1: <laughs> the little spank situation.
0: They just hold everything in, you know, and and give me some shape. But as I uh, I went to the green room, some of the the women on my team were like um Eric come here they're like and they turned me around and they all started laughing and I was like what and they're like you're wearing a women's tank top underneath. <laughs> and it was just the incorrect cut. They just gave me a nice curvy shape, but like it made me like more bosomy. And it was just like, cause uh, the <laughs> men- Too much shape, wrong yeah. <laughs> shape. I don't know what it was. Just a cut of it was now different. And I just looked, I went in the bathroom and I'm like, I do look so feminine. <laughs> like I've never looked as good uh, in my life, but I, I had to, I, it was even worse. I had to take it off and just kind of just look awkward in this ill-fitting shape. Uh, Uh,
1: based on that faux pas did you then just like curse off kirkland chocolate (laughs) almonds for the rest of your life i
0: did have to cut out the kirkland chocolate covered all i think i just had to like Kirkland. all i had to do it was like that joke in uh, parks and rec where um chris pratt comes back that one season after getting in shape for the marvel movies and they're like so what do you do he's like oh i just stopped drinking beer how much beer were you drinking (laughs) i know right probably too much. <laughs> with me, I was yeah. just like I, all I did was just stop taking home candy from craft service. <laughs> no more candy. let will do it. That's all I had to do. I could eat snack on candy while I was there, but just stop taking home entire coffee cups full of candy home with you and then you'll be okay. That's the key. That's the key. That's all you gotta do. I mean, I, I don't think I ever lost that way to just stop to the growth. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was it. As long as you stop gaining, that's good. Yeah. that's good. Uh, well, that is our show this week. Joven, thanks so much for breaking down all that Mandalorian history and the influences, Thank
1: you. I opened up my scalp there and just dumped the information that was there. So, I, I hope uh, I didn't bore you too much with you know, uh, samurai lore. Comparisons oh, no, to the Mandalorian.
0: we we appreciated your Lucy Lou samurai sword cut brain juice. It was <laughs> oh, delicious. <laughs> All gone, all gone. <laughs> it's always great to chat with you always love having you here man and for those of you watching a reminder that you can join our official discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash new rockstars where you can chat with us submit your big questions both of the our bite-sized questions were from uh, some people that were big fans of on our discord and that's where we can see your questions first you can also send them to us on twitter uh, using the hashtag big question we'll also see it there eventually but we're gonna be checking discord first uh, you can get an audio version of the show by subscribing to the new rockstars big question wherever you get your podcasts follow me at EA boss follow Joven at the joven shire and uh follow new rock stars and socials and subscribe here on youtube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about see you next time thanks joven bye guys bye <laughs>